Are you looking for ways to strengthen your marriage? Would you like to raise children you enjoy being around? Do you long for a peaceful, orderly home that's a blessing to everyone who comes through its doors? Then you've come to the right place. I'm Jennifer Flanders, a Bible-believing, homeschooling mother to 12 and host of the Loving Life at Home podcast. Join me as we discover what God's Word has to say about marriage, motherhood, and minding the things that matter most. Hello, friend. Welcome to episode 26 of Loving Life at Home. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we are talking about succeeding at things that really matter. I hope the first week of your new year went well. We spent our first week in Florida. We love going to the beach, but we normally wait and go off season. So we'll head to the coast in January, February, or early April, maybe even September when schools are back in session after a too short summer break. But traveling at odd times means we avoid the crowds. Sometimes we even have the entire beach to ourselves. One time we visited Destin during the last week of August and we never saw another soul on the beach. Unfortunately, visiting off-season also means that the water's cooler and the air is crisper than it is during the height of summer. So we spend the majority of our beach time playing in the sand instead of splashing around in the oceans or riding on the waves. The kids love to bury one another in the sand. We run along the beach and fly kites sometimes. We hunt for seashells and we build lots and lots of sandcastles. Eventually, I got smart and started packing a sculpting set to add detail work to our sand sculptures so we would embellish the castles with bricks and drawbridges, turrets and windows, and we'd add scales and fins and flowing hair and fiery breath to our mermaids and sea monsters. It's a lot of fun, but we know from the beginning that those creations won't last. Inevitably, the tides roll in and carry them out to sea. Besides, as soon as my husband's stomach starts rumbling, He's ready to pack it all in and go eat somewhere. So we couldn't invest an inordinate amount of time on our sandcastles, even if we were inclined to do so, as some of us would probably stay there longer building if we could. But several years ago, Doug and I built a real house, a house to live in, a house that took a substantially bigger investment of time and money and energy than the most intricately detailed sandcastle the children and I have ever constructed. Before we could even begin building that real home, we had to do a couple of months worth of clearing the lot and pushing the dirt around and preparing the pad to ensure that we'd be building on a solid foundation. Neither we nor our builder wanted the house to crumble when the storms rolled in, as they always do. Do you remember that parable that Jesus told contrasting the wise man who built his house on the rock with the foolish man who built his house on the sand? Have you ever considered the fact that both those builders had heard the same message? The difference was not in the knowledge with which they were working, but in what they did with that knowledge. The wise man chose to obey the words of Christ, and the foolish man opted not to. Matthew 7, 24 through 27 reads, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. 
Both those builders worked hard. They both invested time and effort and capital in the construction. But the wise man's obedience meant that his building was on a solid foundation of rock. The foolish man's carelessness meant that he was building upon shifting sand. So when it comes to succeeding at things that really matter, we should remember that those houses are a metaphor for life. They beg the question, into what am I pouring my time and energy and effort? Not only what have I poured my resources into in the past, but what will I pour these resources into going forward? Am I investing in something of eternal value in obedience to Christ? Or am I sinking my resources into something that'll crumble as soon as difficulties arise? I read a book several years ago by Francis Chan called Crazy Love, and one of the quotes that really stuck with me from that book was that our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Of course, determining what things in life matter and what things don't can be a tricky business. That's because God's economy often turns the world's economy on its head. The world views success in terms of fame and followers, beauty and bank accounts, power and politics and platform building, climbing corporate ladders and crashing through glass ceilings, glitz and glamour. Scripture stresses the importance of lowlier activities. If we hope to succeed at things that really matter, the Bible tells us that we must spend our time caring for orphans and widows, James 1.27. Clothing the naked, Matthew 25, 36. Feeding the hungry, Proverbs 25, 21. Tending the sick, Ezekiel 34, 4. Weeping with those who weep, Romans 12, 15. Showing hospitality to strangers, Hebrews 13, 2. Visiting those who are in prison, Hebrews 13, 3. And offering a cup of water to a thirsty child, Matthew 10, 42. Jesus sends us into our closet to pray in secret, Matthew 6, 6, and he tells us to give in such a way that our left hand doesn't know what our right hand is doing, Matthew 6, 3. So don't fall into the trap of thinking that living in obedience to Christ means serving him in some sort of conspicuous or grandiose way. You can do work that matters as a school teacher or a surgeon or a student or a stay-at-home mom. You can serve God as an accountant, an artist, an athlete, or even an attorney. Lawyer jokes aside, we are so grateful for the God-fearing attorneys that we know. Perhaps someday the Lord may call you to do foreign missions or to pastor a mega church or to run for president. And if and when that day comes, you'll need to answer the call. But for the time being, work on proving yourself faithful in your present humble circumstances. Don't despise the day of small things. Honor God. Walk in obedience. Point others to Him. Pray without ceasing, moment by moment, day by day week by week, right where you are, at home or away, in the boardroom, in the bedroom, or even at the beach. Thanks so much for listening today. If you have a question you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, message me on Instagram at Flanders underscore family, or contact me through my website, lovinglifeathome.com. Before you go, if you've been encouraged by something you've heard on the show, do me a favor and forward the link to a friend or head over to Loving Life at Home on Apple iTunes to subscribe and leave a written review of the show. Your doing so will help others find me so they can listen too. 
Until next time, I pray the Lord will bless your efforts to build a loving home life centered on Him.